Hey, what's going on? It's D. Scott from Psychic on the Scene. Before we get into the latest episode of the podcast, which will be past life regressions, I wanted to play you a little bit of a past life regression that Michelle did getting ready for this upcoming episode. So about a three-minute clip of Michelle going back to one of her previous lives. Check it out. So let's go ahead and close our eyes. Allow higher self to move you into the next important event or lifetime. And let me know when you're there. Oh, okay. I'm there. What are you doing? What do you see? I, uh, okay. I'm flying a plane and I'm trying to get back home. But the plane has smoke coming out of the right wing. And I think the fuel tank's been hit. And I'm trying to get back to England. Are you a woman or a man? I'm a man. Hmm. How old are you? 25, no, 27, 27. What's your name? Richard. Richard, do you make it home? I do not. Is today the day that you die? Yes. And do you have any wife or kids? I have a sweetheart. Is there anybody in your lifetime that shares the same, similar lifetime with Michelle? Yeah, my sweetheart. And who is she to Michelle? Paul. Paul? Uh Uh-huh. Is this also authentic bond? Uh, Yes. What did you come to Earth to learn? Oh, boy. Yet again, it feels like standing up for what's right and, and fighting against evil. It's World War II. I'm in the Royal Air Force. What's your last name? Like Dickinson or... Dickens, something like that. What year is it? 1943. Is there any healing that needs to be done for Richard today? Yes. Okay. He needs to be lifted out of the ocean. This like a piece of his the piece of him that's stuck there needs to be lifted out and set on the shores of Great Britain England Dover you want to go ahead and do that for him? yeah let me know when we're done okay he keeps saying I gotta get home I gotta get home Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Psychic on the Scene. And I'm back here with my lovely co-host, Michelle lyons Polito. Hey there. Michelle, they can't see you when you wave. I know. What? Every time I wave, <laughs> I'm thinking, why am I waving? Well, I'm waving at you guys. <laughs> my other lovely co-host, G. Scott. Hi. I didn't wave. <laughs> no, thank you. And uh, we have a special guest tonight, um, a friend of Michelle's named Betsy. So I'm going to turn it over to Michelle to intro our new guest for tonight. 
Go ahead. Yay. Tonight we have Betsy Figueroa with us. She's an energy healer, a hypnotist, and an intuitive. She does tarot cards and a little bit of everything. She's she's a Renaissance woman. And she uh, owns her own business. Am I saying this right? Guiding Light for the Soul? Yes. Betsy, I say that right? And... Um, well, we're gonna, we could have Betsy on for many different reasons, but we've been really interested in having someone on who does past life regressions. So that's what Betsy's yes. going to talk about. And then I got a, a nice little surprise myself yesterday because um, she texted me and said, hey, I had a cancellation. So I myself had a past life regression yesterday. You lucky bitch. I am a lucky bitch. <laughs> so <laughs> blew me away. So Absolutely awesome. I love... Um, people that get, first of all, you got to believe in reincarnation to have a past life regression. But I think most people are really open to it, Betsy. Um, how did you get connected to doing, uh, you're obviously doing some form of hypnosis connected to this um, with the clients. How did you get connected? How has your path led to this? So, I mean, I started off as a reading tarot as, you know, a teenager and playing with that just kind of for guidance and stuff. And then quickly learned once I started doing it professionally that people are really more looking for guidance or a counselor than necessarily a tarot reading. Um, and so then I had started soul coaching and coaching people after each reading. And then we moved into uh, my sister's actually an energy healer. And so she was teaching oh, a class. Right. She was one person short. So she called me and said, I need you to come down this weekend and take this class with me. I'm going to get you certified, whatever. I said, okay, cool. Let's do it. So that got me into the energy healing aspect of it. And that has always been sort of my thing. Um, every time I've ever seen readers or anybody, they say, you know, you're a healer, you're a healer. Mm -hmm. So uh, the hypnosis just kind of, I had a hypnosis years ago done to me. Uh, past life regression and it was really amazing and I did a lot of healing through it and a lot of growth from it it was something that piqued my interest but then it was the back of the mind um, and it actually wasn't until <clears throat> Michelle and I did a reading that she had recommended doing that past life because my father and grandfather insisted that's where I needed to focus on and so uh, <laughs> yeah so wow. they were, they were very very adamant about it and so I immediately started to learn. I was already doing hypnosis, so it was just more of a, adding on a different aspect of hypnosis. Um, and I use hypnosis for healing as well, like all different types of freeing your heart, inner child healing and stuff. So this just was an easy add-on. And once I got out there, there's just been such a huge response of people who just absolutely love it. And... Um, I do it a little bit differently. Like I don't just do the past life for the, for the show of it or for the entertainment mm -hmm. factor, like a lot of, you know, regressions do. Um, I, be, I actually incorporate the healing as well. So I may be doing some IET or just working with higher self or doing some um, energy healing throughout the regression. I'll ask like, is healing needed to be done? Okay, let's do it. You know, and since you're connected to higher self, you're getting those answers, even if you don't know what right. it's all about. Um, so it's really, really nice. It's a really nice add-on, and it <clears throat> really helps people overcome a lot of things that they didn't realize were affecting them in this lifetime from previous lifetimes. And that's tricky, don't you think? Because say that you have this irrational fear, and unless you learn about past life or just happen to come across someone who, who does the work that you do... It can be really crippling, and and that's what's so exciting about, all, you know, this type of work and a lot of the energy work that you know that you do and 
others do, um, is that it frees people up from something they didn't even know they had. Yeah, it does. I mean, uh, you actually had a bit of a healing, you said yourself, for the um, claustrophobia part, right? I did. I did. That so how have you been since yesterday with the claustrophobia? Really good, because I get claustrophobic if one of the, like I'll be in bed at night, and if one of the animals gets on the bed, even just like I can't move freely, I will freak out, and there'll be a, a cat flying through the air. Didn't bother me last night, you know? Awesome. I just feel trapped by, you know... The way, because I, you know, I remember the, I could even see the bubbles coming over the cockpit, like the little less bits of oxygen or air from underneath the plane, and it was very vivid, um, and I couldn't, it was jammed, it was from the damage of the plane, I couldn't eject, I couldn't use my chute, and then the, just the, the feeling of being suffocated by the yes. water. So, it's, it's so explain a little bit about um, the process of how people go into yeah. a regression like how what's your method and like do they come and tell you first like I really I have claustrophobia or in my case the one time I went I was having migraines and I had it and it explained a lot from a lot a past lifetime that I'd had um, many past lifetimes with um, trauma to the head to the mm -hmm. neck and the head in those mm -hmm. lifetimes so um once i started to know that it started to like alleviate it so do is that what clients typically do with you bits um no generally i ask them if there's something specific that we're looking to learn about or find out about and it's usually something like if this person that they love or are connected to or feel a big bond to have been in a previous life um a lot of times I don't think people realize that the stuff that they're suffering from comes from past life. So it's not until we get in there and that mm. it's presented to them, then, then we say, okay, so does this need to be healed? Yes, let's go ahead and do that. So a lot of times they're not even aware of, of what the situation is. And I will start each reading saying, what do you want to get from this? What are you trying to find out? Is it just, you know, for your entertainment, just for your curiosity? Um, you know, is there something going on? And then we'll go from there. So if they want to talk to a specific spirit guide or whatever, in the beginning, um, I will try and bring that person in or that being in to, to talk with them. Um, you know, but I tailor it. It's, I'm very intuitive. Everything changes person to person as to how we do it. Right, right. But as far as the hypnosis itself and how that gets done is basically like everything's done over the phone so the client can be in their house nice and comfortable in a place where they feel safe and relaxed because that's really the most important thing is to be able to relax um and then we walk them down into a, into a state of relaxation and almost to a point of sleep so it's right between being awake and asleep is is the area that we want to be in um the space between to get into hypnosis right and then they can see everything and they're fully conscious. It's not like they're aware of what's happening. And if there's something they don't like, you can just open your eyes and be out of it. You know, this whole running around like a chicken or fucking <laughs> like a chicken, you know, that stuff doesn't happen. You're not giving up control of your body or your mind. To the what, a lot of people, I think that's the biggest fear is that they're going to be, you know, asked to do something crazy when they're under but I was always aware of who I was and where I was. 
but I was so deep at one point I'm thinking are my hands palm up or palm down because I couldn't tell I could feel my I've had that experience as well when I've had it too mm -hmm. where you start to think you can talk but you can barely talk like almost like a lethargy comes over yeah. you yeah. and I do the same thing like your hand will feel funny in a position it's like is my hand right or is my arm right yeah. and like it's heavy it's super yes. super heavy yes. When you're, when you're doing that. I've had them done. I had uh, more than one done with um, Elizabeth Hathaway and she does a similar process that you're talking about where she walks you down through a state of relaxation. And um, every single time it's been super revealing about my, the people around me in this current lifetime have come back with me and are now in like I'm learning another lesson in this lifetime from those old lessons if that makes any sense yes. um, that they've come together with me in, in many many forms from other lifetimes so I really think that it's fascinating because I really at the time didn't think I was going to get anything from it and what happened was um, I kind of went into it like yeah let's see what happens and she had a gal with her to do the healing as you're going through that and she was like clearing the body and I gotta tell you it was life-changing life-changing and I have recommended over and over again that people get um, a past life regression because so much of their their phobias and the shit that they're holding on to in this lifetime is truly because of another lifetime those relationships that are never right from old lifetimes trying to make them right in this lifetime Oh my gosh. And that's why I think sometimes you hear people saying, you know, I can't, <laughs> we know a couple of people um, that can't let go. Oh, you know, I know he's bad for me. I know she's bad for me. Oh. It makes me feel horrible, but I'm just bonded and I love them so much. I'm like, oh my God. It, I think it's so hard because then you get frustrated. You don't want to get frustrated with them because you there's something deeper that's making them cling to them. And that's why I think right. some of the past life stuff is, is revealing. And yeah. let's see, because you mentioned at one point, did I have any, I think it was at the end. Um, yeah, the love, contracts or yes. the debt. Karmic so debt. yeah, sometimes we, um, sometimes things happen. Like I did for one client, um, and I'll be pretty vague in this, but she um, has this one man that keeps following her from life to life to life and causing her all Ooh. sorts of pain. But, and there was a contract and that he was trying to teach her self-love. And he's, she says, well, why is he causing me so much pain if he's trying to teach me to love? I said, because, you know, I said, well, ask your higher self. I know the answer. I want to see, you know, I want you to have the answer. So she asked and it came out like, he has, you have to love yourself more than him. And once you learn that lesson, then he'll be out of your life. And um, I was like, do you want, can we cut this? Can we just end this bond altogether? And she said yes, how yourself said yes. So we went through and cut it out and so that she can proceed on with her life without being tormented by the pain of this relationship that's wow. followed her many lifetimes. That's that's an excellent one because that seems to happen over and over again in mine and Michelle's business that we find clients that can't seem to get out of those life contracts mm -hmm. with those people and they just keep doing the same thing over and over again. And as Michelle will say, it'll be a different person, but it's the same thing exactly. over and over again for them. So that's a really good, to your point, that's excellent for our listeners to, to know about. How do you feel about um, uh, Brian Weiss? So um, I've read his many, many lives, many masters book. Um, right. I'm currently 
working on another one. I can't think of the title on it right now. Um, <laughs> I actually read that book about 20 years ago and ah. I thought of it many, many times and I had forgotten the name of it. Um, so it was cool to find him again and refresh. I haven't done a ton of research on him specifically, but I mean, he's definitely uncovered a ton of stuff from what I have read and seen and has really kind of mastered this. Um, He's got a lot. Well, he a lot was, of he was, he was on the front end of that because it was, I think, during a time where he didn't even believe in past life regression <laughs> yeah, and started to. Yeah, it was. It might even been the late seventies, but he had a client who was given to him, and she was having anxiety, um, some issues with anxiety and maybe depression. And she started to go into to he'd bring her in for the hypnosis to help with the anxiety and it started to do these regressions, taking her to other lifetimes. There were many and she wouldn't remember. She'd speak a different way. Her name they used the name uh Kathleen, mm -hmm. I believe, in the book. And yeah. um Catherine, that she, yeah. she and then it was like different um recordings of it and and after a while it just made him a firm believer in it and i he and his wife um teach around i've never gone to see them speak or teach him. and um he goes to omega he used to go to omega institute but i i always love to know like in our business like who do you like and if you're connected with somebody like that you know that that's that's probably like the grandfather of that you know the one that really made it out there for other yeah, people to know about. He's really amazing. He's got a lot of really great stuff out and I'm kind of starting to soak him up a little bit. Um, yeah, because it's not just always about the healing and sometimes it's about like just being able to find joy. I think, uh, Michelle, you got to dance with Paul, right? I and did. You're we were opposite genders and I kept giggling because <laughs> I was thinking Paul's wearing a dress. I kept laughing. Laughing. Yeah, I can tell. I'm like, is he beautiful? Does he make your heart happy? <laughs> and, and is he a pretty cool. girl? <laughs> and he had this pretty calico dress, a little tiny waist, and you know the the silk stocking look things, but those heavy shoes, and his hair was like in that 40s kind of curl back, dark hair, dark eyes, like in this lifetime. And the funny part was we're all like doing the. Um, uh, what's that jitterbug type of dance jitterbug, yeah and we were all landing on the floor really hard at the same time we, we were laughing because the floor was shaking it's like oh we're gonna break the floor we're gonna fall through because we were on the upstairs of like a dance hall oh so, i love that it's really cool and you know i could smell like i can smell gin and cigarettes and beer i'm like i don't even know what gin smells like but apparently i did then so. if you got in my car right now that's what my car smells like michelle <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> kidding. i'm just kidding <laughs> have you had any betsy have you had any ones that um as you were in that because obviously you're kind of seeing it with the client that um, you either thought like, oh, this is bad, like I can't take them there, or um, it was something like really, really like heavy or negative that um, you tried to like remove them from it so that they didn't even see it? Um, yeah, so I had to do, I've had many actually going into war. Um, and so those mm. are hard. Uh, generally, once you're in that lifetime, the knowledge starts to kind of flow. So we don't have to stay in that same exact spot. Um, so I had one gentleman who um, was in war. He was like on the battlefield. And so we just moved back another week in time and then started talking about it. Like just basically while he was training or marching <laughs> or whatever to go to war. Um, 
and started to talk about it because there was too much stimulation for him going on on the battlefield to be having a conversation with me and watching Interesting. That's very uh, interesting. But then I've had the opposite. The flip side of that is that I've had one woman who I, I she was amazing because in most of her lifetime she was alone. And it was kind of sad. But in this one particular mm -hmm. lifetime, she was like an old lady down in Mexico. And she was a healer. And every day she would go through the process of making sure everything was just perfect. Everything. She was like OCD, spotless, mm -hmm. not a speck of dust, whatever. And all of these people would line up and they would give her barter for her services every morning. And so after that, I was like, all right, what else do we need to see here? And she brought us to our death. And so mm -hmm. her death and the whole village picked her up and cut, carried her through the streets, her body through the streets, throwing flowers on her, crying mm -hmm. and missing her and showing all of this love. And she realized that even though she was alone, she really wasn't. She had this whole village and this whole community that loved her. And it was really, really beautiful, really amazing. I mean, I feel like not only was the client crying, I was, <laughs> I was crying. I was like, I want yeah. her. I want to know her. <laughs> right, right. Um, there, have you had any, like, famous ones come up? So, <laughs> yeah, so we had uh, Michelle, actually, yeah. came through as um, – was it Abigail Adams, right? Yeah, which was weird because it kind of filtered through slowly. And I'm like, oh, my name's Abigail. And I could hear myself talking, but then you asked me my husband's name, and it took like a second. And I'm like, oh. And I quite honestly, I've always been obsessed with John Adams, which I guess makes sense now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. You, you really like them. Yeah. Princesses and queens. You know, but from like way back when, like 30 AD, you know, um, where they probably had a lot more queens and, mm, and whatever. Right. Um, so some of them we can look up and verify. Like, Michelle, you, you instantly went and looked up Abigail's picture to see if it matched what you had seen, right? Oh my gosh, yeah, because I saw my reflection in a, in a crystal. Oh, in a, that's cool. Crystal. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got a dark dress on. It's tight around the waist. I, I was like, it's a corset. And I have white lace around my neck. And boom, I pulled that picture up and it gave me chills. And that, wow. And I pulled back. So I have to do a pilgrimage to my own grave. <laughs> that's crazy. I still can't I've believe had it. ones where it's been like a mob, a guy that worked for the mob. Ooh, um, and so when he could actually pull out his name and the date and the city and all of that stuff. So he was able to verify that he was in fact killed um, during this and time. We know with, I'm, we've seen it, um, so many YouTube things. We know and seen so many of them are children and they know their name and they mm -hmm. know where they they died and they know what their family was and what and so that, i mean that to me especially because it's so pure coming from a child they have no concept of this is my past life mm -hmm. they are desperate for their family to understand that they're missing elements and then they eventually lose it i think between the ages of five to eight but yeah. um they they start talking about it and it's almost like they're assimilating into this lifetime so, like, yeah. knowing about that, like, it, that they were with the mob, they might say something. The one family, um, the little boy said something about his skin being um, brown. I was brown in that lifetime, mm. meaning he was African-American, and he was talking about, um, you know, how his skin was a different color. 
And he wasn't obviously this, that color in this lifetime. Um, I know the one time that I, I had had a surgery and I was given um, like hydrocodone and (laughs) went to sleep and I dreamt about a past life, Betsy. And when I got up, I had like real data. I had the date, I had my name, I knew where I lived and it was um, in Pennsylvania and I was able to look it up and I contacted the historical society there in Pennsylvania and they were able to ver- verify the stuff that I had gotten. But I, for whatever reason, I put myself into probably some sort of a hypnotic state having, you know, hydrocodone in my body. That's not a suggestion for anybody to take. <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> no, here's a, here's a, yeah, here's a big, here's a big no. Yes. <laughs> Get it done drug-free yeah, with Betsy. Yes. It's interesting. <laughs> Betsy, I think I told you that um, in the Abigail Adams' life that both of my son, uh, two of my sons, Adam and Dee Dee, were there. Because you said, you see anyone you know. And after, I don't know if I mentioned it then or it occurred, it occurred to me this morning after a good night's sleep, but both Adam and Dee, who are 10 years apart, told me when they were about two years old, they said... Same exact thing. Do you remember the time we were here before? The last time we were here, do you remember we li- we were living we lived in Boston? They both said that. You know, I remember you telling me that. Yeah, and now it makes sense because you asked me where are you, Boston. And the cool thing is, like me as a person, if someone asks me a question, I usually think for a second and respond. Under hypnosis, stuff just flew out. Right. It just because that knowledge was just suddenly there for you. It just the flow was wonderful, and I love being in the back seat of my own car, you know, letting my soul just drive. But you know, what a, what a great way to put that, Michelle kind of being the back soul, back seat of your own soul. I like that, yeah. and just watch you know, watch the movie for a change instead of trying to always make everything happen right. Uh, but you know, did you guys ever see it was a like a made for TV movie with Jane Seymour based on a book called Yesterday's Children? Oh. It's, I think one of my, this is what really got me into being fascinated with past life regression. Um, she's a woman that was born in the United States, and she actually remembers, as a little girl, I kept drawing a picture of this town over and over again. And I can't remember the woman's name. I'll, I'll look it up and I'll put it on uh, our Facebook page underneath when, you know, when we post this uh, podcast. But she, as a little girl, kept drawing it and drawing it. And then she had something happened in her life. I think she got pregnant at 40 and it started to create anxiety about having being pregnant at that age. And it, she started remembering the lifetime and her mother showed her these pictures and she ends up tracing it back and finding the place in Ireland where she died. And her husband oh, wow. wasn't supposed to you know, sleep with her anymore because she would, if she got pregnant again, she would die. And she was actually able to, to find her oldest, you know, a couple of her children. It is. I can't remember that book either. I read that from cover, from front to cover. Um, and my mother gave it to me, and it was. And she actually reconnected. That's a true story. She reconnected with her children. She was a mother that had died, and she had all these kids in Ireland. She kept telling everybody about it, went back, and she was able to meet some of her children. And as soon as she said certain things, they knew instantly that it was, in fact, a reincarnation of their mother. And, and yeah, it was, if you can remember that, Michelle, I'll have to ask my mom if she still had the book, but it was, it was a powerful book. I read it like with literally in a day because it was so fascinating. Um, Well, the name of the movie is Yesterday's Children. I'm going to see if I can figure it. And that was, 
I read the book after, you know, you'd see the movie. Let me see. Right. And I'll, I'll keep looking while we talk. Um, but yeah, that's, I think that's what really started me on this, this path. It's funny, that book. And Katie was the same for you as well. So. Oh my God, it really was. It was so powerful. And she was having psychic experiences all along the way um, throughout her lifetime. And I, I think she felt like she was a stranger in her own life. Uh, and I and her current life. Don't you, I remember feeling that way um, as a little girl, feeling like homesick, even though, and I, yep, I, I had a wonderful too. childhood and I love my parents and my siblings and everything was, you know, perfect as far as I was concerned. Um, but I remember feeling homesick and missing people and then feeling horribly guilty about that. And right. I, I think that was, it had to be past life. Absolutely. Um, I, one time I was um, rocking Sarah. Sarah was uh, my daughter. Um, it, she is my daughter, I should say, but she was very young and she had her blankie and her binky and was, you know, she was old enough that she, she was talking pretty good and she was laying in my lap and she'd already had her bottle and we were laying there and or she was in the chair and she said, she popped out the binky and she said, mommy, do you remember when we were here before? And I thought she meant in the big chair, because that's what we called the big chair. And I said, you mean here in the big chair? She said, no, mommy, when we were here before, and I was the mommy, and you were the baby. Wow. I said, I go, no, I don't remember that. And she, very, like, adult solemn, she said, I lost you, and I was very sad. Oh. And she was little. Like, when I say to you, she still had a binky. I mean, she was probably too big to be having a binky. Okay. But she, yeah, she doesn't have it now. So <laughs> that's all, all that matters. <laughs> but she um, she popped the binky. She said, yes, I was very sad then. And she just leaned back and put the binky back in her mouth. And I was like, holy crap. I'm so freaked so, out. <laughs> I know, right? Uh -huh. But it's, um, I think that, I think more people have memory of another lifetime and they almost choose to block it. But I think it's why they're drawn to places like California all of a sudden. They're from New York and they maybe they had moved out there on the on the orphan train or something like that. And they're mm. they're just drawn to go back to where they were from. Have you found that, Betsy? Um I have actually. I just did one where the guy had gone back to like the first hundred years after Christ time frame oh. and he was describing this city that he saw as being super beautiful um, and then when he came back you know when it was over he said I was there was in Athens with my family and I knew all the streets I knew where I was going I could just walk like he said it was, it was like being home I knew exactly where I was wow. um, so that was really cool. I mean, he said, obviously, it's changed in 2,000 years, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, right. A little but bit. That he felt instantly at home there. And then I actually had my son. My son did very similar to what you said, having a, a memory of a past life, but I didn't realize. And thankfully, Michelle um, was able to cue into the, it being a path. He's adorable. Is that my son had told me that... Um, he wanted me to hug him, to snuggle him. Now he's three. So he says, Mama, snuggle me. I'm sorry, baby, why are you so sad? He says, because I'm never going to see you again. I was like, what do you mean, dude? What do you mean you'll never see me again? He says, well, you're going to fall off the rocks and I'll never see you again. Mm. So we, um, I said, well, I'll just not go on rocks. How about that? 
<laughs> just stay away from clothes for a while. And he says, you can't because you have to get me. So when Michelle and I were talking, she actually came through uh, another message or tidbit for me was that he had, that was one of our past lives. I haven't actually experienced it yet, but we've already been through it once. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be doing a past life for myself or having one done on myself again, because it's been so many years and I'd like to see now mm-hmm. that my children are here, how we're connected into mm-hmm. the past. Basically. So you can go into it for different things. And if you start out, like when I went into it before, I wanted to see what my life purpose was. And so I saw three or four lifetimes showing me my purpose in this lifetime. So when I do it again next week, I'm going to be looking specifically at what relationships I have with my children through previous oh, lives. Cool. So I'll only get to see those lives that are tied to them. That's so that's really important. Go ahead, Michelle. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize, and you can just go in with an open mind and random stuff pops up, but you can go in and it's almost like dial it in. And right. Like, Very like, intentional. Right. Yeah. And soul fragment work. I find that like when I'm clearing people in soul fragments, I just ask um, what needs to be cleared. What was that? Um, <laughs> sorry. No, it's okay. No. What needs to be cleared? <laughs> Do not disturb being turned on now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a big, like a car horn, but no, so I'll do the clearing work and it, it comes through like every, all the soul fragments are associated with, uh, like premature death or a loss of a loved one or something like that. Mm. But I always say it's like a manila envelope. And when we clear back, people have different envelopes, different. It's kind of like one of those uh, file folder cabinets where you've got the hanging folders and you tend just to do one at a time, one category. And that's, what's so cool is then, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. I think you're done with soul fragments and voila, there's a whole other layer to be learned about or to explore. So that's my personal. Now, Betsy, do you, are you going to hypnotize yourself or do you? How does um, that actually, my sister's going to do it for me and then I'm going to do hers as well. Um, you know, it's just a matter of finding the time. With the, you know, I've been so busy and I'm booked up for the next couple of weeks that I'm, she's, she's also on the, if somebody cancels then we're going to try and squeeze it in or <laughs> if I get the kids to fall asleep early one night. <laughs> So we'll make yes. it happen. It's the key. Uh, the key, isn't it? Just some quiet time at home. Yeah. Can people actually, I, I don't, and there probably can maybe through their own like meditations, do their own regression. I need to, I need somebody to do it for me. I know that sounds lazy, but I need somebody to like guide me through. Yeah. I mean, they can, if they know what they're doing, I guess. I mean, I did a little bit uh, last night for myself. Cause I was like going to bed. I was like, you know what? I'm right in this spot. Let me go ahead and put myself in the sacred space and, and go in with the intention of seeing, um, you know, a past life of some sort. And I ended up in, I want to say either New Mexico or Utah, but oh, wow. it was way long ago. Like I was a native American, um, and I saw my family there. Nobody that I know from this lifetime, but we were just, I was weaving a basket by this little river that cut through these massive rocks. Um, and it's not someplace that I've ever actually seen in this lifetime, but I saw it in super, super detail. And we were living like in a cave basically. So, you know, we're going back 16, 1700s. I don't know, maybe later. I have no, no concept of the timing, <laughs> um, but it was really cool. It was just kind of like a glimpse and it's probably why I've been being 
drawn to go visit Utah now that I've moved to Texas. Like, it's pulling me, and I'm like, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. And, uh, you know, I gotta wait till next year till we can get like a whole week to go and explore it. But I never thought about Utah until I got to Texas, and I've never <laughs> realized that, uh, that I've lived there before until last night. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Now, you're an upstate New York girl originally. Yeah, I am a New York girl. Yeah. We, That's uh, where we first met. So, yeah. Uh, and what I can't understand, it, you know, I have problems when I talk to people and do readings for people that are in a different time zone because I am so bad at math. I add when I sub should subtract or vice versa. But Betsy's I only, do that too. Do you too? It's like, oh my God. Betsy's only an hour earlier than us. I think I got it right. right. Yeah, I'm an hour behind you guys. So. Oh, damn it. See, I did it again. See, you just did it again. <laughs> I did. Oh my God. But Texas, I didn't, I, Texas is so big. It must be in like three, four different time zones. That messes right. me up when somebody tells me that they're in the Pacific. I have to remember that it's like two more hours behind me because I just feel like for some reason when you're in the Eastern time zone, everything is that time zone. Like I've never once thought about a different time zone living in New York. And now down here, it's like everything. I'm like CST. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm booking yeah. you for my time. You're going to have to figure this out. <laughs> That's have you it. had any that were, have you have had any that were very shocking um to even yourself um or that that person had to come back for more than one um session because it was so involved in that lifetime um, or they blocked it maybe or people do they come in sometimes and they block it um sometimes higher self will block certain things mm -hmm. so um okay. Yeah, I did one where we literally saw one lifetime and it was so intense that she was crying through the whole thing. We did this big healing with it. At the end, I was like, can we, can we take her to like one happy day in this life? Like, can we give her a, something to enjoy from this massive experience? Um, and so they did, they permitted her to, uh, watch her mother milk cows for a little while. Uh, <laughs> oh, nice. but, uh, yes, but when we went into uh to, to meet with higher self and, and to have a talk is, is there anything else and they said no she can't she can't do any more today um mm -hmm. and so she can do this again they said in about six months if she chooses to do so um but that was as far as they would let her go and so if you try and and i've tried to not ask and i've just tried to push into more lives and they've like one lady just literally saw a brick wall she's like i can't move there's a brick wall in front of me yeah, and I was like, all right, let's That's try awesome. a different lifetime. She's like, still a brick wall, still a brick wall, still a brick wall. I was like, by yourself, can we see more? And they're like, no. I'm like, all right, I tried. I had a, we had a really good friend, mine and Michelle's. Um, uh, his name is Jeff, and mm -hmm. he um has worked my shows and stuff. And uh, his first experience of ever being regressed, he and the woman that was doing it, Elizabeth Hathaway, could only see gold. They could, ju oh, they couldn't. Right. Yeah. They they kept they did see the shadow of somebody in the gold, but it was just like mm -hmm. gold all around and all around them, and they couldn't see it. And again, it was, it was I guess it wound up being very prolific, but he didn't actually see a lifetime. It was almost like just an energy. Sometimes so I think that that, that does. Have, one, yeah. yeah, one where they actually couldn't see, they couldn't see anything, um, <clears throat> but then. 
I'll try again. So I've had like one person who just couldn't see anything, but she knew all sorts of stuff. She could feel and oh, sense and knew what was happening. And, um, you know, like she knew her name, she knew the year, she knew where she lived, but she was just like basically in this black space, not seeing anything, but getting this, this impression of life. And then I've had another one where we did like two that was similar to that, where she didn't really see anything, but she just knew her name. She knew her the age. And then the third lifetime we moved into came in such strong, vivid detail that all of a sudden she was dancing and she could describe the color of her dress and she could describe the feeling and the sounds and the music and the people all around her. So sometimes you just have to move into it, you know, like your senses open mm-hmm. up a little more. Um, and I did like, like when we did Michelle's, um, and there was like one possibly life where she wasn't hundred percent on her name. And so we moved, you know, kept talking, kept talking. And I'd be like, okay, what's your name? And then eventually it'll just come out. You know, like you have to kind of get more into that lifetime sometimes. To get all and that's, I couldn't pronounce, I, I think that was when I was in Portugal. I couldn't quite figure out the pronunciation, right? It's like, yeah. it's, it's a different language. And I could understand the language, but I couldn't speak it. Which was, that was right. kind of wonky too. Now, have you had <laughs> people that, you know, when you're talking to them, that you've heard their voices shift and change? And so everybody's like voice shifts and changes. Everyone's voice wow. shifts and changes. Um, maybe not drastically, but there is some shift in voice um, right. for each life. So I've had like one man who came through as a very simple, simple man mm-hmm. in one of his life, um, you know, from 1600s or something. He was very simple. And you could hear it, and the way that he spoke, he had, like, a lisp throughout. Um, and he was just very slow to speak, like, very small words, very thought out for each sentence or each word. And then he switched into a woman, a, a happy lady that had eight cows, just <laughs> joyful. She was so excited to go to the fair and sell her pies. <laughs> and he was like all bubbly sounding and he was like talking about how beautiful his dress was and how nice it was to get into the city to see the people and you know how nervous he was about his pie not going to be able to you know he might not win the pie contest but she wanted to try That's so awesome. it's it's really fun um for you know for everybody for the most part there's a lot of healing and stuff being done but there's there's moments where it's just funny you know, I definitely think that most people get a therapy through that, like a therapeutic effect from being regressed because most of the time you're seeing whatever, if it was a trauma in that lifetime, then all of a sudden you have this aha moment for this time that you think that's why I'm afraid of bridges or that's why, mm-hmm. you know, the, the claustrophobia that mm-hmm. it, you come away with such a feeling of like, like it all makes sense. Now, obviously, obviously if it's not a part of what your normal belief is, that might be a little bit unsettling, but I've got to think that more people believe that we've done this over and over again, just because mm-hmm. the sheer nature of meeting somebody and you instantly fall in love, you yeah. instantly feel like you know them or your friends, or you instantly despise them. Yes. You know that no, that comes sorry. from another lifetime. You think to yourself, <laughs> I remember you, you're, you were shit to me in another lifetime and you know, whatever. 
Um, but that's, I, don't you think that, don't you think that the, um, Betsy, that people almost instantly know somebody else, their energy because of those other lifetimes? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We, we choose certain souls to come back with. And sometimes like, I mean, we can call them soulmates or soul families or whatever. Most of the time it's just because we genuinely enjoy each other. So sure. Let's do it again. Let's go through another life together. Sometimes it's to guide each other or whatever. And sometimes it's just that it meshes up or it, you know, it works. <laughs> it works. Right. And it's nice because when you do this, like you said, if it's not of your normal belief, a lot of people have less fear of death after doing it. Yes. I agreed. Yeah. That fear of death is kind of gone. You know, you I know that, that you know you're going to come back. I think that's you know, one of my that option. That fav my favorite thing about, um, and I've regressed. When I was a little girl, I used to spontaneously regress. It was bizarre. But um, I, when I was real little, I, a couple times I kind of got stuck stuck in the death part. But then I was able to push past that. And it, death, you know, you know, when we think about our loved ones and how they passed, we so often focus on someone's passing. But to the person that's passed, that's just like a little bump in the road. You know, it's all yeah. about the love that they take with them. And it's all about right. looking back and caring for their loved ones. I guess that's one of the big messages I get mainly from people when I'm doing readings is that the person that has passed is like, stop focusing on the way I died. Every time you focus on it, I got to think about it again, knock it off. Because it's just, you know, they're out of their body and they're in that space between. Betsy, what did you call that? The space where we the went? The interlife. The interlife. That was beautiful and different for each life. Yeah. Was it, did it change for you in each life? It did. Yeah. Yeah, it did. One time I just felt like I was, um, you know, those beautiful summer afternoons where you have the big billowing clouds and the, the sun is coming through and, and it's late afternoon and it's like golden. That was, the, yeah. that's, I think, two, uh, two or three times I ended up in that space. Nice. Ooh, I like that. Gorgeous. And other times I just felt like I was sleeping in front of a really warm fire and like a big cuddly blanket that I had that image as well. And then the, other one I had was I just that I walked into the arms of all the people I love the most and Aww. I couldn't see them, but it was just like an enveloping and that was, that was really cool. I like that. So I guess I didn't, I, I didn't say that out loud during the reading I get during the, <laughs> the Yeah, no, you know, I, it's because it's, um, it's different for everybody. So I don't really describe it as a space, as a, like, I try, I try not to tell anybody what it should look like because it's going to mm. be different for everybody. Some people might just be sitting in a room or just floating in the abyss or, um, like you said, seeing the clouds and stuff. Um, Beautiful. but it's an, it's a nice space. So it's a space between lives basically. And that's where we go to do the healing after seeing the light. Oh, and nice. And do it, um, you know, abstractly from there and bring that soul in with us so that we can work on that from a different perspective. And that's also where we yeah. talk to hide yourself and say, okay, you know, how many more lives are we looking to see? What lessons are we trying to get out of this? And that sort of thing. You just segued me into what <laughs> I'm, um, was going to ask next is, um, do you, how many lifetimes, is there a certain finite amount of lifetimes um, that people usually have, or do they get to a certain, I think Sylvia Brown used to say, we only have like 86 lifetimes, and then um, we call it quits. I don't and know. I don't believe that. There's anything accurate on that. I mean, I've brought somebody all the way down to like literally 30 AD, um, 
and I've heard, you know, we've, I've done like 11 lifetimes in one sitting. Generally it's between one to five and it varies for every person, but I don't think there's any set number as to how many times you can reincarnate. I feel like that's my belief. Betsy, that's my belief too, but I don't have as much, you know, like I don't know as much about this as you do, but I always feel like certain people would probably have, you know, if they wanted to only have five and they learn their lesson, then maybe they only do five. And then somebody else might want to do, you know, 20 or 30. Um, and there are older souls and new souls. So it's, you know, you may spend 30 lifetimes learning one lesson. <laughs> you know, it may take. There's another, two, another question I have too is um, I had heard once before that there had to be a time of cycling before a soul could come back in to reincarnate. And again, I don't think I, I don't know if I believe in that. I don't think it's a set number, I don't but um, the belief used to be, it was something like, again, like how to be like another, like say 40 years um, at least had to transpire and then they could cycle back in. Um, have you seen that? I have, I actually, um, I was, helping my husband my husband so badly wants to regress and he has a hard time regressing he, he, he overthinks it he, his brain gets in the way but i was able to connect with his past life and he died my husband drowned when he was four years old in this lifetime and his father had just learned cpr found him in the pool next door resuscitated wow. and my husband remembers going through the tunnel and there was a man beautiful white light embraced him turned him around and sent him back. And that's what the nightmare was about, was falling back into his body, like binoculars backwards. But I was able to connect with him. And he said that what had happened, his higher self, because he doesn't know what's happening with this stuff, is that he had died in um, Vietnam. And he was so angry that he came right back. Yeah. He had no cycle. And he, that's what, and it's almost like he had to die to almost finish that lifetime. It was weird. And then he came back and started this lifetime as Paul. Yeah, I don't think there's any sort of set time because I know that I was killed in the 70s uh, as a toddler um, because my parents um, didn't feed me and beat me and all of this stuff. So I had gone out into the street looking for food and was hit by a car at like the age of three or four. And then I was born in the 80s. So um, definitely not 40 years between that. And then I was also right. a detective in the 40s and 50s. So there's not 40 years between those two lives. So I think it's kind of, you know, it's up to you how long you want to hang I, out. I agree with that. I, I think that too. I think that people kind of choose that whatever their lesson is or their timing that they have to come back in. Have you seen um, a lot of people, like you just said for yourself, you were young and when you passed, but have you seen people... Um, either come back into the same family over and over again, like if they lost a child and that child comes back and that child actually remembers being in the family prior? Um, I haven't yet, but that doesn't mean I won't. You know, right. um, okay. because generally when we're doing this, it's not like let's look at the last life and the last life and the last life and, and stepping chronologically through lives. We're specifically looking at what, this person needs at this time, what this person needs for healing. Um, and so we may jump from the eighties to the 1800s to 1200 and then back to 1700. So it's how higher self deems to send that message through. 
Yep. Interesting. I am um, uh, just uh, following that vein of uh, information. Who's the guy? He was uh, in Dukes of Hazard. The blonde guy is it John Schroeder? Or... Do you remember oh that? dear God, I have no idea. Okay. I do remember Dukes of Hazard, but I don't remember. There was who a the blonde guy. I can't. I, he's an actor. I remember. I saw read something. I think that he had written that he um, he had an older brother that died before he was born. Um, and then I guess I think the little boy died of leukemia and he said that his mother um, you know grieved very hard didn't want to get pregnant got pregnant with him and the night that she found out she was pregnant the mother looked over during a, a thunderstorm when she was driving a car and she saw the little boy that had passed sitting in the seat next to her and then he disappeared and then John I think his name is John was born you know nine months later or whatever and he said that as he got older, he started saying memories to his mother. Do you remember when uh, I was helping you uh, put a pie on the windowsill and it fell out? All these memories that belonged to the child that had passed like a couple of years before he was born. And I, wow. I, I can't, is it John Schroeder? I can't even think of his name, but I, I never, I never watched. Oh, it, it is? is? Yeah. John Schneider. Thank you. I could, I never watched that show, but I remember him being, in a car and racing around or something. So thank um, you, D. Scott. Yay! See, you say you never have anything to share. <laughs> I, have, I got the. I remember that he was here. <laughs> I did the Google. Yay! Oh, thanks for the Google. Okay. But and um, I also I've read for clients too where they've lost a child and that child has come through again, um, in the, in another birth and they give specifics which a parent really needs because you want to hope that. You know, and, and I think it does happen a lot, which is the coolest thing. Um, yeah. Oh, I have the name. Speaking of Google, I have the name of that book. It's yes oh. Yesterday's Children, The Extraordinary Search for My uh, for My Past Life Family. And the woman's name is Jenny Cockle, C-O-C-K-E-L-L, Jenny. And it, the cover of the book shows a picture of her um, in this lifetime, uh, superimposed with a, herself as the as the woman in Ireland, so both faces are together. I don't know if you can see that, but that's pretty cool. Pretty um, cool. That's awesome. Thank so, you for getting that. No problem. Um, so, any other thoughts or things about this that we should know, Michelle? I mean, you said you were regressed. I'd like to know from D. Scott. Um, if he's ever had a feeling from another lifetime of maybe who he was. Not that I can remember. <laughs> you don't have any like affinity for maybe, you know, um, Billy the Kid or anything Ooh. like that, that you might've been them. No, but that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Look for the, the lost like treasure. Doc Holliday. That would be really great. Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I have like interest in certain stuff like that, like the Wyatt Earp, the Earps and the, in the, that whole tombstone story. But I don't know if that was because I really liked the movie oh, and I was trying to figure out how historically inaccurate the movie actually was. <laughs> yeah, because maybe you know better. Maybe you know the truth. Yeah, it was, although I, but I was trying to figure out as to why I was, you know, or I was thinking like, why am I so interested in this? So, but who knows? Um, mm -hmm. 
but yeah, the movie, I mean, but the movie Tombstone is a great movie, but it's historically it completely bullshit. But, <laughs> but that's right. It, but no, I mean, other than that, not that I can think of. Oh, not that you can good. think of? You should get regressed, maybe. Just for shit. I know. Time. Maybe we should have that done live on the air. I, I may. I think that that's where you were. You were like Billy the Kid or one of those the people. Pony Express. Pony Express. Yeah, you were one of those because you got that vibe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was a cowboy. The Lost Boy yeah. vibe. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Betsy's like, you people are crazy. (laughs) Maybe. I know, right? She's just like, whatever. I think I was, I think I was probably like Cleopatra or something. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Everybody's going to pick something like that, like Cleopatra or, you know, Queen Elizabeth. Well, you know, it's Um, weird. I felt embarrassed when I came out with a famous name. I'm like, wait a second. This can't be, you know, but I mean, the other one about that though because i think you probably did have because like you said you had an affinity for it and you felt Mm -hmm. very connected in those other lifetimes so that's Mm -hmm. probably exactly why you know what i mean that you were always connected like that so yes um any other words of wisdom from betsy anything else that she would like to share with us um rest or healing yeah, it's just a great, it's just a great modality for it. There's so much what healing is, that's done, and it's you said IET. What is IET? IET is a integrated energy therapy. It's a type of healing. Um, it's kind of like Reiki, but a little bit, a little bit different. Um, and I do that also distantly or you know over the phone. Um, but it clears out like past trauma. So say you um, were like in a relationship where anything that you complained about the person would yell at you, right? So if you're like, hey, you left my, you left socks on the floor, and then they'd just start screaming at you about whatever, you'd stop talking out of fear. Like, well, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm just not going to say anything. So you end that relationship and you go into the next one, even though it's a different person, you may still hold that fear. So IET will release that fear to give you your voice back going forward. Hmm. Um, it releases all sorts of karmic traumas and things of that nature that you're holding on to that no longer really serve you. I like wow. that. I yeah. do too. So that's another thing our listeners could contact you for. Um, you know, yeah, for for therapy or treatment, you know, through you. And how do how do our listeners um, get a hold of you? Um, so they can call me. My number is 518-390-0559 or guidinglightforthesoul.com um, is my website. Um Find me on Facebook. It's Betsy at Guiding Light for the Soul. Uh, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty reachable. Google Guiding Light Wonderful. for the Soul, San Antonio, Texas. You'll find my website, my <laughs> Facebook, my name. Um, and and what other speaker, things though. do you think? Even like during COVID, um, are you are you doing anything like to add to your list of modalities, or are you really focusing on during this this time? So yeah, your so time. COVID actually. Um, as horrible as it is, has been a huge eye opener for me because it's made me move my practice. I had moved to Texas from New York in December. And so oh, no. I basically had to start all over because everybody was mm-hmm. in New York and they would come to my space and I would do everything in person. And so then coming down here, I had to start getting all new clients, getting a name for myself again. Um, and then COVID hit in March, right? Just as I'm starting to build <laughs> stuff back up. And 
now everything's over the phone, but now I'm talking to people. I've got clients over in Europe in England. I'm working with somebody in Australia. You know, I'm all over the States, people, uh, Miami and Georgia, California, like everywhere. So it's been really cool because it's put everything over doing everything distantly, but over the phone. So we're saying, you know, socially distance, following mm-hmm. the guidelines. Um, I mean, I'm not doing anything specifically for the virus. You know I mean? I can't. I'm, I can't no, no, I know. I, understand. I totally, <laughs> I, but it has changed so many people's um, uh, ability or, or like a lot of people are feeling more psychic or more tuned in. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that it's making us, it's driving us that are like this. Yeah. It's making us like learn more, like just like what you're saying, it, you, it made you change, but it probably challenged you in the right way. Right. And that's also has a lot to do with, we've had a ton astrologically going on with planets in retrograde. Right now we have like three of them in retrograde, right? Yes. Oh, dear God. And we're just coming out of all of this other planetary energy shifts that are really focusing and forcing people into a um, higher consciousness. And so anyone who's struggling with different things, it's bringing this stuff up for healing right now. So people who are really struggling with their anger, really struggling with their anxiety, it's being brought forward so that it can be healed and dealt with so that we can move into a higher consciousness. And the people who are fighting it and saying, I'm not doing this, you know, I'm going to keep burying it, keep burying it. It's getting a lot harder for them because this is a mass across the world opening up and awakening that's happening. Um, yeah, I've definitely gotten in the last several months so much stronger psych, uh, psychically. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting different visions now, which I've never really did a lot with visions. Um, just a lot more connected to higher self, a lot more like in tune with things that are going on around me. Um, you know, I would say that my powers probably tripled or quadrupled in the last two to three months um, through this energy shift. But even for this last year has really woken up a lot of different things that I've always done, but it's just that much more powerful now. Yeah. I mean, I have found it. Michelle and I have talked about it a little bit that, Mm -hmm. um, that even prior to COVID and the, and you know, the um, social distancing and lockdown, we all kind of felt something coming. Yes, we did. And like we were all like getting prepared <laughs> mm-hmm. in this career for what we needed to do next. So it was like we were all working to go inward more. So when it happened, it was like, oh, this is what I'm going to be doing now. This is how I'm going to be doing this now. I didn't know, I, like, because we don't get the whole roadmap. We just know that we're driven to a certain spot exactly. and that we have to just like honor it. And then that's why it's so important to bounce things off of each other. It's like, are you feeling like crazy? Are you feeling the need to just buy a lot of stuff and just stay home? I don't want to be, you know, and we all feel this. We're all feeling that the ripples, this is just a a general, it's definitely a spiritual exodus that's about to happen. Exodus in a good way, you know, moving to the next level that Betsy was talking about. But boy, the, the, the trip can be painful. <laughs> <Don't know. laughs> Very, intense. Oh. Very intense. Um, well, Betsy, thank you so much you. for joining us and talking to us about uh, past life regression. We'll be uh, excited to work with you again. 
um, maybe on some other energy work things yes. and stay safe and stay healthy there in, in Texas. I saw your one child, I think, running around the car while you were talking to us. Yeah, he's having a fit because he can't get in. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Don't you love it? I had everybody that was doing like the one guy does my maintenance on my yard and stuff. And he's like going by the window like he wants to talk to me. And I'm like waving him away. Like, go away. Go away. <laughs> I've got a, I've got Wi-Fi in my car right now. So go away. So, uh, <laughs> I get that. But thank you so much for your time and your talent and, um, you know, sharing that with us and our listeners. And uh, again, everybody, you, you can get a hold of Betsy. Um, I think, Dennis, you'll put her link up on, the, on our uh, podcast, please. Yeah. Our Facebook page, please. So, um, well, guys, thank you for another wonderful episode of Psychic on the Scene. And um, everybody out there, please stay healthy and stay well and stay sane. Yay. Thank you. Yay. Till next time. Bye. Thanks, guys. You too, too.